1607, English Quakers sailed to the U.S. and established Jamestown, a colony in Maryland, Virginia. Then a bunch of other stuff happened. World War II, Victoria Beckham called her kid Brooklyn. In 2014, American comedian Sarah Silverman and British actor Michael Sheen started dating, delighting the world with their love. And I think that's the entire history of U.S.-U.K. relations in a nutshell. Sadly, now those centuries of cultural entente cordiale must end as we play the transatlantic panel show that pits U.S. and U.K. comedians against each other in a pop culture battle royale. I am Dave Holmes, and this is International Waters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. for the UK, wearing their formal ceremonial podcasting robes, knickerbockers, sword, capes, and powdered wigs. It's stand-up comedian and star of Radio 4's Shortcuts, Josie Long. Welcome back, Josie Long. Hello, thank you so much for having me back. Oh, so nice to hear your voice. Oh, cheers. I'm, I'm currently drinking um, some tea from a mug that says, I love London, so I couldn't be representing more at this you minute. You really <laughs> could not. Oh, but soft, it's another International Waters guest making a return trip from the Bugle podcast and political animal. It's comedian Andy Zaltzman. Hi, Andy. Hello. The, the dust on my wig is proving something of an issue in here. It's getting a bit cloudy. <laughs> getting all up in the eyes. We're going to yeah. get to know our teams a little bit better throughout the show. But for now, Team UK, I would like for you to come up with a buzz-in word that you feel best represents your great nation as it stands in mid-November 2014. Could it be disappointment? <laughs> you tell me. Could it be scapegoating of immigrants? All right. That's all we did. O- opium adult. Can we have oh, that? All that's those, a nice All those retro. poppies. Oh, poppies that's, is nice. There's a lot of poppies around at the moment. I that's think it's, it's to commemorate the resurrection of the Afghan opium trade, I think. <laughs> um, wonky. Wonky's deficit. Why are you thinking wonky? Well, we just, we just seem all kind of bit off angry with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just a bit off colour. We'll go for wonky. Wonky. Wonky it is. Did you say wonky? Is that an American term or not? Well, I mean, it, guess that... what? It is now. Good. <laughs> wonky. Right. Yep. It's about wonky. time you started using our language properly again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Team UK. Playing for the nation that remembers those who have died for their country by going to a big, big mattress sale. <laughs> She's a comedy writer and an editor for the Devastator Comics. Amanda Meadows. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Dave. Hi. How are you? I'm well. Good. Good. I'm feeling good. Good. You're looking good. Thank you. You're sounding good. Oh, my gosh. Th- yeah, I can <laughs> so tell you're thinking clearly. I think so. <laughs> I think I, you're ready. I took, I took some Excedrin this morning. Good. That's It's a nice head clearer. There's a touch of caffeine in there. Yeah. Just, just What's Excedrin? Uh, it's a, like a headache remedy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. hungover? Is that, uh, what's no, that? it's like if I don't have any coffee left oh. in the house, <laughs> yeah. then I take two Excedrin. There you go. Touch caffeine, That's, little yep. aspirin. In the ki- kitchen cabinet, where they go. There you go. Yeah. What, what, what if you've run out of both coffee and Excedrin? What do you do then? Oh, God, then I guess I have to go outside. That's a problem. It's a problem in L.A. It's Not good. It's not good here. Moving on, he is a stand-up comedian. He is an editor on the Devastator comic book, and he's the American writer for International Waters. It's Asterios Kokonos! Hey, it's me! Yay! Asterios, I'm here! Oh, and you are just a, a ray of sunshine. I feel I feel bright, cheery. I love, this is like, it's just so cool to be here. It's great, it's great to oh. hang out and hello listeners and hello everybody. I'm here now, hi! <laughs> for the listener, Asterios looks exactly like how that just sounded. <laughs> Yep. You do. I mean, you just you look like just a, a happy like a, 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 a cartoon character on a greeting card. I'll take it. Yeah. Those guys make a lot of money. Yes, they do. I want that Ziggy money. Yeah, that's what I'm looking oh, for. Yeah. I want to pull down those Z bucks. There you go. Z bucks. Right. Get that we dude could... some pants. We right? get arrested if we're yeah. that exuberant in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but I assume it's some sort of public order event. <laughs> <laughs> now, Asterios, you are, as I said, the American writer for International Waters, but I must point out you have had nothing to do with this script. No, correct? no. I've been trying to get into the Google Doc for days. I've been <laughs> trying to get not the answers. Yeah, they're not let- It's weird. It's what? hard. It's difficult. I'm looking forward to losing for our team. I can't wait. Yeah, we have no hometown advantage here. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, you think that on. someone would slip me the answers? I work for you guys. America nope. was built on nepotism and cronyism. <laughs> You're not wrong. You are not wrong. All right, let's move on. Uh, team US, what is your buzz in word? Ooh. Ooh uh, yeah. Well, we, we were debating a couple... We heard that the Hobbit menu is not coming back. Which is infuriating. It really upsets us. So we were thinking hashtag 
bring back the Hobbit menu. Yep. That's I'm wrong. so sorry. What is the Hobbit menu? Uh, yes. Also, what is the Hobbit menu? What? Oh my gosh. Should we leave right now? Can we, we, let's mean, get out of here. The Hobbit menu is that it's at Denny's. It's the menu that is specifically Hobbit-themed food. So you don't just right. order coffee, you order Bowman's Brew. And you don't just order pancakes, you order, like, Bilbo's Pancake Delights. Yeah, so there's, like, an egg in a hole that's, like, Hobbit hole or something. Yeah, yeah you eat yeah. a Hobbit hole. Yeah. You go in and so you're like, I want to eat a Hobbit hole, and then you so eat delicious. it. So it's it's like eating at Denny's regularly, but you just say different words? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How it's and you wear a okay, fancy Hobbit cape. words? Yep, you wear yep. Well, just, just, Sometimes I'll just approve. Of pumpkin the... in them, or uh, a little bit of I, cinnamon. <laughs> Slight difference. I disapprove of the exploitation of the Hobbit workforce. I think it's gone on too long, so I, I boycott all Hobbit-related food. I am with until you. they get a fair cut <laughs> yeah. of the farmed price of hobbits. Just I will not eat. Can get Free market, shoes. but they're tiny. They get they get low paychecks because they're low people. Because they're low to the ground. <laughs> exactly. That's not how it works. What? I am going to need a buzz yeah. in word and hashtag bring back the Hobbit menu is just too damn long. <laughs> Uh, you want to just go with Taylor Swift? She's Taylor hot. Swift. We'll go with T Swift. T Swizzle. T Swizzle. Even better. Great. <laughs> Have we all listened to 1984? Do we all have our opinions on 1984? 1989. I like it. 1989, whatever. <laughs> if she did a concept album around 1984, how great would that be? I got yes. those rats in my face, 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 <laughs> face, face. My TV's watching me, watching me, watching me. <laughs> the Thought Police. The Thought Police. Yeah. I'm not sure I've ever yeah. heard a Taylor Swift song. Really? <laughs> you just did. Hey, it's good. Yeah. Hey, hey, Pretty hey, much hey. just did. with paranoia. I'm going to no. tell you, it's not Have bad. Have you heard? We it's not a bad album. Are never, great. ever, ever getting back together. Oh, I think I, I, I didn't realize yeah, that was Taylor, Taylor Swift. All oh, right. Yeah. I'd always assume that was Edith Piaf. <laughs> if I'm on a long run and my energy is starting to flag, I'll put that one on. Oh, yeah. It works every time. I want to say something before we start. I'm tired of Team America being at a disadvantage when it comes to being drunk. Yeah. So yep. we brought beer with us. What? <laughs> That's right. God damn it. You it's know, it's 10 30 in the morning. Yes. Dave, would Bro. you like a Hoa Garden or a Michelob Ultra Light Cider? It's gluten free. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with a little ultra light cider. Go, buddy. It's That's exactly what I'm going to do. Lots of artificial apple flavor. It's really refreshing. Right. There's not an apple in it. You're going to love it. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Let me get a whiff. Okay, that smells exactly like a green apple Jolly Rancher. Um, yep. That's a good thing. Yeah. No, I'm not, in America, that's a great thing. Uh, wow. That's okay. my cologne. All right. Hey, everybody. Cheers. Right. Cheers. To the daytime. Cheers. Ah, there we go. I feel like we're in the film Bad Neighbors, which I think has a different title in America, where and we're Seth Rogen and the woman, and we just had right. the baby, and they're in the frat part. Right. And yeah. We're like, oh, we're just trying to get going with things. Right. That was a spin-off the from the Australian soap opera yep. Neighbors, wasn't it? Exactly. <laughs> yes. the, the evil the bad side neighbors. of it. We are in that movie. You should see my abdominal muscles. Let's I'm glistening all over the place. Oh, from head to toe. <laughs> Folks, let's play International Waters. Yeah. Woo! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, we're going to start the show with a little pop culture warm-up we like to call What's the Story? You'll be awarded two points for correct answers, one point for answers that are wrong but funny. If you're not sure what I mean by wrong but funny, it's like Lena Dunham pulling rocks out of her little sister's vagina. Uh, I am troubled by that story. I am troubled by by the 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 hints of 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 sexual molestation. I am most troubled by the idea that a, a one year old child has the dexterity to fill <laughs> her vagina with pebbles. Also, where is a one year old getting pebbles? Where is a one year old stockpiling pebbles? The story just doesn't hold In together. In her vagina, for me. it just <laughs> doesn't hold together. <laughs> All right, buzz in with your buzz in words when you know the answer. Question number one from quality British newspaper, The Metro. A man in Hampshire, England, has posted an intriguing ad on Gumtree, which is the UK version of Craigslist, basically, offering a lifetime supply of bacon to one lucky taker. But there is a catch. What is the catch? Wonky. UK. Does the taker have to be uh, Jewish? Oh, is this, is this some kind of ironic... Um, <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Well, that's yeah. no bacon, isn't it? It's not yeah. going to cost him a penny, is it? Yeah, so it's a kind of mixture of generosity and religious hatred rolled into one <laughs> But he literally package. could give you an empty box and be like, that's all you need. Yeah. No? Oh. Just religious anarchy. Uh, no, I can't accept that. US. In exchange for being his friend, he's super lonely, like all right. British people. Sorry, guys. Topless maid, that's a thing in LA. I don't mm. know. Well, made. Let, me, let, me read, let me read you the ad in full. Qu- quote, I have the lifetime supply of bacon. I am desperate to get rid of it because I need to shed a few piggies. 
I know it says it's free. However, I would like something in return. Winky face brackets. The winky face gives it away. Close brackets. End quote. Uh, set. So, yeah. It's so sex. I think it's hooking it up. It's basically hooking it up. He's looking for a special friend. A friend with a capital F. I'm going to give a half oh. a point to the U.S. for almost getting it. Yay! Almost getting it. it pork just... for pork, ladies and gentlemen. Oh! oh! A That's trade right. as old as time itself. <laughs> <laughs> Tale as old as trade. time. <laughs> Trading old pork, pork. pork. <laughs> All right, for a bonus point, both teams, what would you like a lifetime supply of and what would you do in exchange for it? Oh. Yeah. I, th- I think I'd like a lifetime supply of coffins and uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what I would do for it. I would die for it. You would die for it. Point to you. I... I would really like to just be able to go swimming and not have to pay for it. Right. Just to what? You could live by the sea. Yeah. How about you, guys, that? you guys text everything over there. I'm going to live God. by the sea <laughs> in exchange for full use of the sea until the day I die. You can get a gill transplants now as well. It's true. <laughs> if you can catch a shark, oh. take it to a NHS hospital, you get a free <laughs> transplant. Your lungs for its gills, but you have to give your lungs you to have the to give shark. Your lungs. Oh, yeah. What so is the shark? Well, the, the shark ends up living on benefits in some inner city council flat. It's rather sad, but, but. political correctness—that's <laughs> the winky man. face yeah. in brackets. Is, so it's just pretty much Hogwarts there now, twenty-four-seven. <laughs> yeah, is what I'm sounds hearing. That way. Sounds that yep. way. U.S. What yeah, do you want? Fees are and what would you exchange for it? <laughs> oh man, I uh, was lucky enough to receive four free pretzel cards from Annie Ann's Pretzels, <sighs> and. Having them in my wallet was the most powerful I've ever felt, mm-hmm. and I want to feel that way <laughs> all the time. So I, say, I just want a lifetime card to Ani Ann's pretzels. That's all I ask. And what would you do for it? I would do almost anything. <laughs> I'd, I'd I watch. Need to hear she said I'd, while unbuttoning her yes, tongue. Ooh, uh, you know, I'd I'd go so far as to watch Senator Mitch McConnell have sex with another turtle if I have to. Anything. <laughs> So you, you want a lifetime pass to, to Auntie Anne's, and in exchange for it, you would make Mitch McConnell fuck a turtle? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. just want to make sure Enjoy watching yeah, Mitch I would, McConnell. I would you really get into act, it. yeah, I would get really into it. Great. Because yeah. anyone can watch sure, Mitch McConnell fuck a turtle and be like, oh, this is gross. Anyone could be disapproving about it. You got to fake it. That's right. Until they make it. Sure. Right. With a turtle. Turtle babies. With a turtle. <laughs> that is. Let's move on to question number two because I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> a Brooklyn-based film company has just filmed a pornographic movie in various San Francisco locations. What was especially innovative about its filming technique? Did it only use hey, former you president? Ring in. Oh, sorry. Wonky. Thank wonky. you. UK. Did uh, did uh, did the did they only use former presidents and first ladies as the cast members? No, that has been done several times. This right. is something that is brand Sorry. new. Oh right, my mistake. Uh, T Swizzle, U.S. I'm gonna I'm gonna say they used Google Glass, but they called it Google Ass. No. <laughs> what? No. no. They didn't Matter use Google Glass. T Swizzle. No. <laughs> Can Nor someone? did they call it Google Ass. Nope, sorry, you've both rung in. Uh, it was filmed on flying drone cameras. Oh, uh, drone porn! Drone boning like, is the name of it. Flying right down, getting a look, then going right back up into the air again. Nope, no, nope, it definitely it hung out. It definitely it stood there. It got it got like a good crane shot, like a like a Guns and Roses video. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> but instead of Slash on a cliff with it with his hair flapping in the breeze, it's you know it's people doing it. Yeah, I want my porno to look shaky and unstable. Yeah. That's yeah. what I look for in a porno. I want to hardly make out boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Was it definitely not footage from some uh, some uh, kind of American airstrike that went slightly wrong? It could be. Or slightly right. Yeah. Or a lot right. Very well, it's right. It's good to see this technology trickling down into civilian life, yeah. albeit into pornography. Yeah, um, if, it can't, mean, if it can't be used in pornography, we don't want to know about it. It's yeah. official when it's used in pornography. Oh, yeah. Way to go, drones. <laughs> Killing people and watching people fuck. Uh, for a bonus point. Well, they're, then they're, we're watching new people get made. It's true. Drones circle are part of the yeah. cycle of life. It's the drone circle What's, of life. Yep. Love basically, it. that is mostly what Shakespeare wrote about, to be fair. Killing mm-hmm. people and, and people fucking. So, yeah. you know, it's really just... Pornographic drones are the spiritual inheritors of the great tradition of William Shakespeare. <laughs> Perfectly so. The bard would be proud. He's literally about to say exactly that. For a bonus point, <laughs> what other ways would you like to see pornography embrace modern technology? 
For example, Shagzam. It's like Shazam, but you hold it up to a person's face and it tells you if you know them from real life or from pornography. <laughs> or GGPS for finding the G spot, am I right? Huh? Ladies? Huh? Huh? That'd be nice no sometimes. fucking idea what I'm talking about. Bonus point. Who wants it? We brought a bunch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah? Okay. US. Starting us off, net dicks. Mm-hmm. You get to see all the dicks you want for $9.99 a month. Right. Also, Hulu plus dicks. <laughs> It's seven ninety nine a month, and you can see all the dicks you want, but there's commercials. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, I'll take them. I'll take them. U.S.? Yes. Continuing? Uh, remember that robotic dog from, like, 1999, Sony made, called oh, sure. Ibo? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's Iboner. It's a robotic dog, and it repeats what happened in a porn to you in a robotic dog voice. How hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it hangs yeah. out with you, it's really and it's hot. like, and then she got on top. Bark, bark, and it got even hotter. <laughs> woof, woof. woof, woof. <laughs> Does a robot oh. dog say bork, bork? Did I hear you correctly? Yes. <laughs> bork, okay. bork, bork. I need that chicken for my cake. Bork, bork. Hurdy, birdy, birdy, gurdy. UK help. Well, I was going to say, I'm glad we've got that final confirmation of what a disastrous mistake America made in the late 18th century. <laughs> um, but... Uh, for me, the the modern technology I'd like to see, I'd like to see them use use perspective, which uh, is um. <laughs> what is that? You well, think people are having it off, and then the camera swings round. They're twenty feet away from each other. I was thinking more. You mean so forced perspective? Well, pers- perspective. I mean, it depends what you mean by modern, because it was. What was it like, fifteenth, sixteenth century that's perspective? Pretty modern in, in I mean, the that's, history. On a geological yeah. scale, that's mm. still modern. So I'd like to see. Renaissance perspective used in compulsorily applied in all and also perspective of people involved like five years after just having a chat about how they feel about yeah. having done it yeah yeah <laughs> well, that's, that'd be lovely also I'd like to see uh, a pocket automatic Mrs Pankhurst um, <laughs> providing some feminist critique on the uh, the participants in in the in the pornograph whilst whilst it's being um, I'd like I don't, to. I don't know what that is, but I'm giving you five points for this entire <laughs> suite. Like... And we'll give you that half point that we won before. Okay, I'll, 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 accept great. I'll accept it. Sure. Why not? Final question. Oh, in wait, this we round. have wow. so many more. So okay, many give me more. one more. Give me one more. Cockulus Rift. The VR helmet, but boobs. <laughs> but, but dicks. <laughs> dicks. Okay. And dicks. Oh, we got one more. The holidays are coming, and this holiday's newest tech toy is Come On Me Elmo. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Moving on. Final question, in the, no, 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 no. Final question in this round. The U.S. and the U.K. have both commemorated their fallen this month with Remembrance Day in the U.K. and Veterans Day in the U.S. But how did ice cream makers Baskin-Robbins tastefully support the troops this week? Uh, wonky. <laughs> U.K. Did, did, they, did they serve their, um, their ice creams uh, in a special um, commemorative trench? <laughs> to to remember that the First World War battlefields. So it was in the there no in atheists the, in this delicious foxhole filled with no no unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, so they had the kind of slightly melted sludgy chocolate ice cream as as the kind of f- f- the mud filling filling the trench and then and then you can have little marshmallow trench feet. Yep. coming out of it. Yeah, and you can have you know bar- barbed wire made with. Uh, Made with, uh, I don't know, some kind of Caramel? stretched sugar or whatever they call it. They call Spun that? sugar, yeah. Spun sugar. Stretched go, sugar. <laughs> Yum. Uh, no, I can't accept it. U.S. No? T-Swizzle. Uh, free scoop? No. 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 You don't get nothing for free at Baskin-Robbins. The answer <laughs> is their new patriotic flavor, first-class camouflage. Oof. What? First-class <laughs> camouflage. And guess what, guys? We have some for you to try. <laughs> Good in the U.S. Offer not good in the U.K. I apologize. <laughs> we uh, we have yeah we have Let's a little bit of camouflage. Well, surely, if it's camouflage ice cream, you can't taste it beyond what you're already eating. Isn't that the whole it, point of it? Or taste it? But we're nope. gonna find out. We're gonna find out. It's coming in. Any can't taste now. it until a little harpoon has gone through the roof of your mouth, <laughs> <laughs> and then you're gone. Here it comes. Thank First you. First class camouflage. No, I'm it just looks I'm like an empty two bowl. Spoons. Mm-hmm. Oh, there are three spoons. Well, Bless your heart. Thank you. Thank you. Little tiny dollhouse spoons, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, all right. So what, what, what flavors are you getting? Well, you, I guess we're so about to find out. I don't it's, really uh, know. It's two kinds of brown and <laughs> right. sort of a... I that as a review from one of my gigs once. <laughs> <laughs> and what is this green? What is this? Let's discover together. Hmm. 
This manages to have no taste. Yeah. <laughs> With three flavors. What is this? It's like a peanut butter and a There's chocolate. Something or something crunchy. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. It tastes like something that I give lip service to, but then ignore the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a seasonal. It definitely has the uh, all the hallmarks of a seasonal flavor. Yeah. Um, this. I have the answers in front of me, but I'm trying not to look at them. Um, mm. I mean, obviously, there's got to be a chocolate, right? Yeah. yeah it's Probably like a caramel or a salted caramel, because that's, uh. that's hot, hot, hot this year. Uh, but what the green is, I have no idea. Mm. Guacamole? Oh, pistachio? Oh, it could be pistachio. pistachio. I'm going to take a look. Mm. Oh, it's chocolate, salted caramel, and birthday cake pieces. Uh, and it's in a camo waffle cone because America. It sounds like they just took all the extra flavors they had. And just mashed them, them together. Yeah, mashed yeah. them together, put them in a bucket, and we're like, this is for veterans. Enjoy, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, the slow sellers for the month of yep. uh, October. What, what, birthday that, cake? Um, that doesn't, doesn't make any... the right flavors. Oh, I'm sorry. What? Right. I'm sorry. I'll... You only know if it's a birthday cake if it's been specifically made for someone. So presumably what they've done is taken a birthday no. cake away from somebody yeah. in order to make it. I just don't think you can express the futility of war and the eternal grief of military bereavement through the medium of an ice cream. Yeah, it turns out you actually can. You can get most of the way there. You really right. can. Yeah. Can't you just imagine like someone, like like a, like there's like a mom or a, a, a wife and then someone knocks on the door and there's like the guy in the uniform and then the lady starts crying, and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Johnny's not coming home. But here's some delicious Veterans Day ice cream from Yum. Baskin Robbins. A three colors. half quarts <laughs> of camouflage ice cream. Uh, it's, not, it's not terrible. And by the way, all birthday cake flavored products taste exactly like Funfetti, the Funfetti yes, cake. Yes, like fake vanilla. Which is sort vanilla. of the traditional birthday cake in America, yeah. unofficially. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like you don't. We don't say it out loud, but that's basically what we do for people's birthdays. I'll right? just eat it's a container fun of Funfetti. Yeah. Yep. If you just that's gave me a bowl good. of that for my birthday, I'd be super happy. There you go. Hey, but UK, UK, we have not forgotten about you. We've got a drink for you that has been released in Britain just in time oh for God. the holiday oh season. For a bonus point, it's being brought in right now. Can you tell us what oh is in God. this Christmassy beverage? Oh. What? Okay. So it smells like pears. Hmm. Oh, and mine's got hair in it. Oh shit! Well, oh, that, that's bonus. What, what animal is it from, Josie? That that hair? Can you can you tell? Is it beast or fowl? <laughs> mm. I know they've been bringing out a new badger milkshake in some fast food restaurants around here. Yeah, this is. is I, I think it's got juice. pear in it. Is it pear? I think it's got a got a touch of the old pear. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. All right. So your uh, answer, I think, your answer is pear. Pear, and I think it's got some. Uh, some dolphin spit in it as well. Okay. <laughs> I would like old, to guess. It's an old aphrodisiac. <laughs> now, I haven't had this at all, but if it's holiday themed, I'm going to say, is it some sort of figgy pudding cola? <laughs> right. Firstly, it's not fizzy. There's no fig. Is no. it some no sort fizz, of fi no so fig. flat a figgy pudding? <laughs> it's a Christmas themed drink. I think it's got reindeer blood in it, hasn't it? And that must have been like an old man, bit of old man's beard you had in there, I think. And That's how Santa's sleigh goes so fast. From the heart. Yeah, they smear yeah. it with reindeer blood. <laughs> this, to me, just tastes like pear puree. And I'm really worried you're going to be like, it's pear puree with vodka. And I'll be nope. like, oh, no. Nope. It's got, it's got some uh, virgin's breast milk in as well. I mean, yep. that, that goes Ooh. back to the fir very first ever Christmas. Very hard because the virgin's not going to lactate. Well, that's what makes it so special <laughs> and so very expensive. The answer is apple and Brussels sprout juice. Oh, no, I've been drinking it for ages. Apple and Brussels sprout juice. This is what we I fought those wars know. for. Yeah. I just drank. How you get oh, juice God. from a Brussels sprout, horror, I have no idea. Horror. But Marks and Spencer's have brought out oh. liquefied sprouts for that authentically Christmassy taste. Oh, and that was um, me saying pears and drinking with all the innocence in the world. <laughs> you look genuinely disturbed, oh. Josie. Our She's Mark left. She's gone. Our Mark? <laughs> we never saw her again. Are Mark and Spencer two supervillains who just get off on ruining people's Christmas? At the end of round one, the scores are as follows. UK is in the lead with 6.5. Oh, yeah. The US has three. All right. Uh, we're going to get to know the teams in between rounds, starting with the Brits. Josie Long, you have founded a charity called Arts Emergency. Tell us about it while keeping in mind that this is a comedy show. So keep it light. Um, what I'll do is I'll just keep falling over while I talk about it. Okay, great. <laughs> Step on a rake. Bit of audio slapstick. <laughs> you just do this every five seconds. Like, woo -woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, it is um, 
established to defend and promote studying arts and choosing uh, an artistic career and and, and practicing art um not just art in in the um sense of fine art but like anything to do with like arts and humanities and we're there to help young people who come from backgrounds without privilege mm-hmm. um to get all of the privilege that their their most privileged counterparts have so we're a social justice not a social mobility organization we're there to level the playing field and to give young people opportunities uh to um uh, then I tried to like write a joke in my head of like to lie around jerking off and watching Countdown or something. <laughs> but then I realised that one, you don't have Countdown. No. Two, you wouldn't really understand those are like stereotypes we have of students because you also probably like murder people at frat parties or whatever. Yeah. And three, I um, and join frats at murder parties. <laughs> yeah. You cannot jerk off in America. No. No, it's, it's the pro-life lobby, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a beautiful um, thing. Honestly, it, like in all seriousness, that is a you're you're uh, doing a good thing, Josie Long. Thank you Yay, so much, Yay. Josie Long. Um, you can all support us. Andy Zaltzman, we of course know you from the Bugle and John Oliver's New York stand-up show, but we are mostly intrigued as to why you, uh, on an otherwise pretty standard Wikipedia page, uh, mentioned that you helped your wife give birth on your kitchen floor. Is that true? That is true. I, I, I didn't write that, but that is true. Oh, okay. Yes, that is. Uh, I, well, yeah, I thought it was the polite thing to do in the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, you want to help. She, you want to Given that in. she was standing there saying, I can feel its head, uh, I figured that uh, running away screaming would have probably gone down quite badly. So, sure. yeah, I was the, uh, I was the midwife. Um, I've retired from midwifery, see, now. That was uh, 100% record. Batting one, one, one thousand one one. in well baseball parlance. Um, uh, how, one, how, one for one. How was your experience? Well, it was absolutely ball-breakingly terrifying. Sure. But uh, luckily, it uh, it was quite a simple birth, and uh, I took a very good catch. They're quite slippery <laughs> newborn babies. I don't know if any of you tried to catch a baby, Joseph. They're aerodynamic. Right. I just let them drop. Yeah. yeah. What um what happened? Did did um an ambulance show up eventually? What yeah, happened? Uh, an ambulance was on the way, so I was talked through it on an emergency uh, telephone call. And basically, the, the advice they gave me on that telephone call was simply "don't drop it," and that don't was drop it. Drop the baby. Yeah. So I was. Um, it was basically it, that. That made it much easier for me because it then became like a, a sporting event rather than <laughs> an sure. awkward personal event, and not, I could relate to that much better. This was now me having to catch a thing rather than me having to step up to the emotional plate. Yeah. And you've got two children. Yeah. Which of the two was it? Your first or your second? Second. Child? Your second child. Okay. And have you noticed any differences in the two of them now that they're kind of becoming a bit older? Yeah, does one of them have a weird dented skull? <laughs> <laughs> please say yes, please say yes. Uh, well, I mean, the one's still got his umbilical cord on. <laughs> <laughs> but that's great because you don't oh, need to pay for one of those kid leashes. No. You just use their umbilical it. cord. Always know that's where right. he is. Save money. Because all the nutrients go from the mom to the baby? That's great. You go out to dinner, you only have to buy one dinner. They both share. Perfect crap. But apart from that, no, they're, they're, they're literally identical. Oh. Well, congratulations, Andy Zaltzman. Thanks so much. We will meet the Americans after the next round. But first, this break. I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm Jordan Morris. The federal government has millions of dollars in programs and opportunities that you need to seize today. You're a taxpayer, right? Well, then you've got it coming. Thanks to Uncle Sam, you can get grant programs for veterans. Postage stamps that'll ensure your mail gets there in a timely fashion. Fruit for you and your family. Child care for your children that turns them into super soldiers. Get a million dollars to open your own lake. Useful power tools that are easy on your soft, delicate hands. Your own personal radioactive brick. More sexual attention from everyone at the used bookstore. Greyhound tickets. Soft, gentle kisses from TV's John Goodman. A real narwhal. Athletic socks filled with stew. A valuable pamphlet on millet. Your father's approval. Don't wait right now. For all of this and more, drop us a line. Jordan Jesse Go. 123 iTunes Street, or wherever you download podcasts. Welcome back. You're listening to International Waters. I'm your host, Dave Holmes. With us, playing for the USA, are Asterios, Coconos, and Amanda Meadows. And over in London, playing for the United Kingdom, Josie Long and Andy Zaltzman. It is now time for a round that we are calling Animal Crackers. Now, Brits and Americans 
are both famous for their love of nature documentaries. The UK likes shows where dad-looking men whisper urgently about otters and pollen, while American nature shows are like, uh, you know, we strapped a camera to a, a leopard and put a bomb on it and made it fuck a killer whale, and you wouldn't believe what happened next. And you know what? Uh, USA! USA! You know, guys, we're both right. Neither one of us is wrong. Each team is going to take it in turns to answer questions on the opposing nation's nature shows. No buzz-ins in this round. Keep your buzz-in words to yourself. Asterios Koganos is still eating that fucking ice cream mm, and looking yeah. super happy about it. Tastes like freedom. <laughs> he picks it up semi-ashamed, and then once he starts eating it, he's beaming with glee. Yeah. It, you put it in your mouth, and the shame goes away for like five seconds. You are and then like, it gets so much worse. That's not the first you're like time eating that, something delicious in a silent film. It's like it's all over your face how much you're enjoying it. Uh, yeah, right. I have it all over my little Hitler mustache. Mmm, <laughs> flavor saver. All right, Team US, first question is for you. Put Are your goddamn ice cream down. Yeah. All right, this is a clip from Last Chance to See, where Britain's most British man, Stephen Fry, went to New Zealand to meet Sirocco, one of the last kakapo parrots on Earth. I think that's how you say that, kakapo parrots. Question after the clip. It ought to be impossible to describe a creature as looking old-fashioned, but that's exactly how Sirocco looks with his big sideburns and his Victorian gentleman's face. Oh, yeah. Huge. It's actually nice just seeing him wandering around in yeah. the forest undergrowth. You can see he's got a very good camouflage. He has. That colour's So, you know, effective. evolution hasn't entirely rendered him useless. Hello. Are you going to look in the lens? So what do you think happened next? Or really, what do you think happened then? Because <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't make any sense of it. I'm going to say Stephen Fry got attacked by Scirocco. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, wait, you know what? If we're well, listening to it, then something funny must have happened. I'm going to say one of them gets pooped on. Okay, Amanda? <laughs> yep, big massive you dub. Concur? Yes. Poo-poo? All right, let's listen to what happened. A typical male, Sirocco is clearly only interested in one thing. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, no. Ow. God, he's got sharp claws. Oh, oh God. No, Stephen Fry, no. Oh, it keeps going. Do you think it is a, um, he's actually attempting a sort of mating ritual? Ritual? <laughs> oh, no. You are sure, being shagged. Or not. Ow. God, shagged. Look, he's so happy. I'm sorry, but this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> you are being shagged by a rare parrot. We've all been there. He thinks you are. Ow. He's really going for it. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, no, it, yeah. It goes on for that a is... long, long time. Humans don't make that sound. No, the parrots do. The answer oh, is... Cameraman's head gets fucked by a parrot. <laughs> Can't accept it. See, now, see, UK, uh, alive parrots have just as many comic possibilities as dead ones. See? Mm -hmm. yep. yep. We'll take that on board. Thank you for the constructive criticism. That, that's why all the parrots in the dead parrot sketch were dead, because... Because uh, of all the fucking... Um, exhaustion. Well, yeah. yeah. But it was just a shame, too. It's just not a British way. We can't deal with it. So whenever we see an animal engaged in the procreative act, we, we kill it. You ignore it to death? When Michael Palin has a super sexy head, too. I Like, if I were yeah. in that sketch, I'd give it a go or two. Yeah. It's a it's the right shape. Yeah. yeah. A sexy shape. <laughs> for parrots or for... Anybody, really. Anybody. I'm surprised well, Don Cleese okay. didn't hop over that counter and give it to that guy's head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you haven't seen the DVD extra. Have you? <laughs> no, I haven't. I can't no. afford it. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> All right, Team UK. You are up next. This is the ad for a forthcoming Extreme to the Max Discovery, <laughs> Cha Discovery Channel show. The question is after the clip. We're heading into a unique ecosystem that no one's ever explored before. I don't really know what lays between here and the floating forest, but for the next few days, it's going to be a challenge. This is not a trail to use very often. That's the largest species of snake on Earth. Anaconda! Right here! Gotcha, gotcha! Oh my god, it's massive! Okay, oh my god, it's massive. So, Team UK, these guys have caught an anaconda. They're gonna do something after they catch it. What is this big twist on this show? 
Andy, do you know that there's a pop song called Anaconda? Anaconda. I didn't know that. No, there's a pop song called Don't. Anaconda. I yeah. know. I know. Sir Mix-a-Lot's Anaconda was was quite um, quite. quite <laughs> Well, sure of itself in in its uh, in what it wanted. Well, it sure did have its uh, demands, didn't it? La- uh, now Lord makes a lot, of course, after the sad death of his father. But um, <laughs> um, the, uh, um, the Anaconda in question was, of course, the 1960s um, CBS news anchor Anaconda, and they found her in this uh, jungle. Right. And she's absolutely massive because. Um, she she left. Uh, bloat she left, in the water well, as well, she, wouldn't Well, that's she? why she left television. Of course, she. I mean. She had this strange bloating disease and had to leave CBS in the 1971. Oh, it's rank and, um, sexism and ageism. Well, I mean, isn't it? they did for a while. They they had this special prism uh, that she filmed behind to make her look normal sized. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, put her in. They a didn't tank, have a studio big enough, and no. they had to take her out to this this distant part of the uh, of the natural world and just left her in a lake. And th- these were the first people to see a- Anaconda in. So what she'd probably do is she'd do. She's a pro. Yeah. So the first thing she'd do would be a link in. Yeah, she'd be like, "I'm Anaconda, and you're watching CBS 1970." She wouldn't know what year it was, so she'd be like, "1978." Yeah, she'd... and hope for the best. Yeah, it's a it's a heartrending story. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, it's false. Oh, really? yeah, yeah. Wait, not a oh, single part of that was no, true. Not the prism, Can't the lake. Any of it. Can't accept any of it. Let's hear the rest of the clip. And see what's going to happen in this Discovery Channel special. We're gonna get me inside of a snake. We're going to make me as appealing as possible so the snake just says, well, I got this big thing here. I might as well get a free meal. You have to go ahead first. Eaten Alive premieres Sunday, December 7th. <laughs> on yeah. Mega Week on Discovery. Sorry, what? Yeah, it's called Eaten Alive, and in it, a cameraman will put on a snake-proof suit and be swallowed <laughs> by an anaconda. Was that a didgeridoo at the end? <laughs> what makes a suit snake-proof? It's I, got to have tungsten in it. No they idea. hate tungsten. <laughs> I honestly have no it. idea. Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, our thoughts? It looks like a big mongoose? I don't know. I don't know. That sounds like a bit of the Bible waiting to be written, that, right? doesn't it? That's right. basically what Jonah did with the whale, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. He was third, filming for a TV You've got to go in head first, Jonah. <laughs> Jesus in head guys. first, out head first. First rule of being eaten by a large animal for a TV show. That's the American way. I love that announcer's voice at the end where he's like, oh, yeah, yeah you're yeah. going to get eaten. You're going to watch a guy get eaten and you're going to like it. Yeah, that's the, right. Welcome to America. Yeah. We- that series doesn't have a lot of long-term prospects because there just aren't that many animals that are big enough for you to be eaten by without... No having to be chopped into small bits. Yeah. Hey, you're worried about the sequel. We haven't even seen the premiere, okay? Let's see if this thing... If this thing's got legs, it'll have legs. Although snakes don't have legs. Snakes do not have legs. This is going to very quickly become, let's chainsaw this anaconda in half and get a cameraman out. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I mean, how else can it go? Well, that's how you tell how old an anaconda is. You count the rings. Uh, You count the cameraman? Yeah. (laughs) The cameraman inside its gullet. Yeah. Did anybody watch the Nick Walenda Discovery Channel special? Uh, from Chicago this past week. No. Oh. He uh, walked on a tightrope between two uh, skyscrapers in Chicago. He did. That's because he's an idiot. He is a super <laughs> big idiot. And he's super Jesus-y. So he, ta- he talks to Jesus through the entire thing. That's why he has his arms out to the side. Is that a tribute? To yeah, him? it's a tribute to Jesus, right. to the crucifixion. <laughs> uh, he uh, Last year, in his first special, when he walked across the Grand Canyon on a, uh, on a tightrope, he was talking to Jesus through the whole thing, and there was a big wind, and he was like, oh, Jesus, oh, I really would like it if you would stop that wind, Jesus. And then the wind died down, and he literally said, that's my Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Jesus, is what that's he said Jesus. on live television. My favorite sitcom. Right. You know, country. Jesus has better, don't put yourself in super danger and then ask for Jesus to bail you out. No. That's, no, that's, that's terribly man. unfair. It's a really one-sided relationship. Oh, yeah. What yeah. are you doing for Jesus? Right. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. You know it what? Like Actually, it. this is interesting. I got hired to write for that Discovery Channel uh, special where they were going to do a late-night talk show from the top of Mount Everest. What? Yeah, what? I got a, I got an email from the producers, and they're like, we want you to write the monologue jokes for this guy's talk show at the top of Mount Everest. And I was like, I will absolutely do that. And then I got an email that was like, sorry, it got canceled. All the Sherpas died. <laughs> oh, my God. 
no. and I was like, God damn it, Sherpas, I needed that $200. <laughs> Sherpas, you have one job. It's to stay alive on mountains. And I have one job, to write jokes for those people. And now neither of us have a job. Well, you can see why they started tensing up about it. Oh. <laughs> it's, a shame that show, it's a shame that show was cancelled. It would have been hilarious. All right, with Team US, this is for you, and it's much more genteel. This is a clip from a British tea time institution called Springwatch. It is a lovely show about um, springs, about springs and the lamer British animals, badgers, birds, stoots. Uh, but in 2009, <laughs> there was controversy ooh, when it was revealed that Chris Packham, the show's music-loving host, had been slipping hidden messages into the show's script. This is a montage mm-hmm. of clips taken from oh, yeah. a whole series of the show from YouTube. Can you tell us what is going on here? Our greenfinches, well, I wonder, and you might expect an owl to be asleep in this box. I rather thought he was knocking at the cemetery gates. They're going nowhere fast. But eggs, and just look at this stocked up. It's sort of saying, please, 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 let me get what I want. I'm to a simply fantastic bird. Now, I don't think they're that unlovable. Who's this one from? This is Sheila from Sweden. And and lots of people have suggested this. They say, get inside the mind of the badger. Why is it digging up? It wants food. Provide food. Something like that. Stacks and stacks of peanuts. The badger will stop digging up and you'll have lots of badger sighting. What do you think, Chris? I think Sheila take a bow. Okay. All right. Any guesses? What kind I of messages know. was he saying? I bet you do. Uh, what hidden messages? What, what sort of... What, what it was slipping in to his dialogue on this show. Are those all references to the Beatles or... Uh, I mean, did you wash anything? your mouth out! What were those messages? I couldn't even pick them up. Was, were, was every single you? thing he said like some sort of cockney rhyming slang sex bullshit thing? No. Oh, infuriating me! No, I... Josie, Breaking up with his wife? You and me both. <laughs> Yeah, was no. he talking to his mistress? What the fuck was he? Yeah. I, I can't, I don't get it. Josie, say it. Put me out of this misery. Sheila, take a Sheila, take a bow. It's the Smiths. It's the Smiths. Oh, yeah. Smiths. God really? damn it. It's the I Smiths. Thought it was- he was he was quoting the uh, American neoliberal economist Milton Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> but that's off of who Morrissey got his lyrics oh, right, from. Okay. Oh! Got it. That guy that's like, oh. Yeah, when yeah. he says, please, I'm Morrissey. Please, please, please. Okay. <laughs> That's all I know about, about him is that he has a dumb voice. Oh, boy, bloody you need to learn more. And that Hispanic oh, girl's love man him. In a con- and, and, and boys. <laughs> and boys. In my time. That's it. That's all I, I know about I went to that. high school literally with only Hispanics who were obsessed with Morrissey. It was awesome. <gasps> it's a thing out that's here. That's the yeah. coolest. That's one of my favorite things in the world, that, that Morrissey has this massive Hispanic following who pose with tattoos of him and with guns and stuff. I think that's one of the most beautiful quirks of nature. Yeah, Isn't they the have best? this great greaser look. It's amazing. It's really fun. Yes. I oh. recently saw, well, not recently, it was a few years ago, but I saw Morrissey at uh, the Cat and the Fiddle, the, uh, the soon-to-be-closed Hollywood institution, uh, and he was just hanging out, having beers with, like, two sort of, like, dumpy middle-aged ladies and it just made me so happy that he was, it was just like Morrissey Aww. and like Debbie and Pam. Like out there, out there some drinks. It was like, it was just like these two dental hygienist looking ladies. And I was like, God, you know what? Morrissey might have a much less fabulous life than we all imagined. It was really cool. The, really the thing is, what you don't realize is you have much higher standards of beauty in Los Angeles. Those are oh, just, that's true. Those are the best English models. <laughs> those are two English supermodels. All right. Last question for you, UK. And a quote. Tracy Jordan from 30 Rock, let's live every week like it's Shark Week. Team UK, I want you to tell me which of these three titles is a fake shark show from the Discovery Channel's 2014 Shark Week programming. Is it A, zombie sharks? Is it B, alien sharks? Or is it C, Nazi sharks? (laughs) (laughs) Only one of them is fake. Only one of them is fake. I think... I think either zombie or alien is fake. I think Nazi Sharks is a program about how the Nazis used sharks to spy during the Second World War. What? Well, alien I mean, Sharks could well be about yeah. sharks from the very deep bottom of the ocean that look weird. Mm-hmm. And zombie sharks could be about the fact that sharks are very one one note. Yeah. Yeah. And overdone. I'm, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, the... The the, the uh, Russians that they, they trained up dolphins in the Cold War because there was when when in when the Crimea crisis was kicking off there was some big argument over who would uh, the, the fact that the Russians had stolen the Ukrainian army's secret spy dolphins. 
That's a fact. That's my first fact of the uh, show. In the, fact, the of the rest year. is so hard to tell with you. The CIA, yeah, is, interestingly, yeah. the CIA also trained cats to be spies. They sure did. And they attached a, they like spent like twenty million dollars on this cat with a radio inside it, and then while trying to sneak it into the KGB headquarters, <laughs> it got hit by a truck. Yep. <laughs> twenty million dollars yeah. gone. Twenty million dollars yes. and one cat's life gone. Yep. When they have like forty cats on the grassy knoll when Kennedy was shot. <laughs> yes, forty that cats. That magic ball of yarn. They went two bit. different directions. I could talk. He had a terrible cat allergy. That's what what did for him. If only Clarendon had been invented, we might still have our hottest president. I think uh, yeah, zombie sharks. Uh, th- those are sharks that are massive fans of the nineteen sixties pop group, the Zombies. I think. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes See? a lot of sense to me. Yep. You think zombie sharks is the fake one? Alien sharks, fans of the uh, one-hit yeah. wonder. Not, Nazi Zoo. sharks. I mean, I think sharks are probably very right-wing. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, They're then, definitely yeah. in that part of the yeah. Matrix. And, so and you if believe you... the fake one is which? I think it's probably... I actually am either thinking zombie or alien. Right. But I'm thinking possibly alien. Yeah. Because zombie seems to me to make sense. Nazi, I am. Wor- I just am certain. Right. I, just, I mean, I want there to have been a show called Nazi Sharks. Because it would just be such a lovely companion piece to Communist Wales that was on last week. <laughs> what do you think, honestly? Do you think Nazi Sharks is I think Nazi one? Sharks is made up. Okay, we'll go for yeah. Nazi Sharks. But if you're wrong... The made-up show title was Nazi Sharks. Oh! The made-up show title was Nazi Sharks. Sarah Morgan must be so happy right now. We did it. We got there. We stumped it them. It was a great ride. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Discovery Channel did get into trouble for a documentary about the mythical Megalodon where they faked a 1942 photo of an extinct megashark swimming near a Nazi U-boat that could not possibly pander more to the American public if they had also photoshopped in a McRib (laughs) and Kim Kardashian's bare ass from Paper Magazine. (laughs) That's hot. That's new. (laughs) That is. That's a fresh reference. It might not be by the time this actually makes it out into the world, but as of this morning, yeah, uh, Kim Kardashian's oiled up booty is all over the internet. Did not break the internet. No. I thought you meant that she'd had like a transplant and now has the posterior of a bear. I mean, listen. And there's a bear out there with a a really hot lady ass now. Yes. (laughs) Just in case you want to try making your own army of fugue state killing machines, here is a fun clip from Zombie Sharks. With his hand close to razor-sharp teeth, Neil Harvey attempts tonic immobility on a large reef shark. Tonic can be induced by turning a shark upside down. But that's not the only way. By rubbing its nose, Neil overstimulates the electrical sensors known as the ampullae of Lorenzini. Then... Eli looks for a shark to attempt this technique for himself. And now it's my turn. This is something I've always wanted to try. This does not hurt the shark, but seems to put it in a state of ecstasy. <laughs> oh, no! So you rub a shark's nose and it goes into a K-hole. Just like people. It's it's just funny that we just have shows now where we're like, we're going to mess with sharks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're going to mess with their brains and mess with their bodies, yeah. and you're going to watch it, and you're going to love it. We're going to rub animals. No. <laughs> Do sharks have taints? We're going to find out. <laughs> find out, and we're going to rub it. Oh, yeah. uh, after that, the scores are UK with 7.5, the USA well, with well, 3. Not a very high-scoring second round, it. guys. No. You could certainly no. stand to bring it. No. As we move on. Now, Asterios, you, uh, you're a stand-up. You've written for Nerdist. You've written for Geek and Sundry, uh, this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I, I should it... be doing better, but I'm not. Yeah, you're doing okay. No. You're doing okay. Uh, <laughs> let's talk some more about the, the Hobbit menu and your efforts to oh, bring it back. Yeah, to what the hell? So for the, every year we get a Hobbit movie and we get a Hobbit menu. Yeah. It's been happening for the past two years. This year, word on the street, <laughs> Scuttlebutt says... No Hobbit menu. It's really upsetting to me because I would go to Denny's 
I must have I must have eaten this habit menu 15 or 20 times. I love it that much. They have this French toast cake, and it's just like uh, it tastes like you're eating a bite of magic. It tastes absolutely fantastic. It's called like Elvin Lembus cake. It's super duper good. They have this pumpkin coffee that I would just keep quaffing cup after cup of yeah. to the point where they told me at one point, hey, no free refills. And I told them, hey, let me talk to your manager. And we had to work something out because I was like, it doesn't say no free refills on the menu. Uh-huh. Therefore, give me free refills. And the guy had to be like, we'll give you one more free refill. And then, and then that's it. And I was like, you know what? Wow. All right, fine. Deal, you, deal, 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 deal. Give me the coffee. You used whatever they call the force in uh, the Tolkien books that I've never read. Um, Elven magic or something. I don't yeah, know. there you go. Congratulations. Sure, thank you. All right, it's got to come back. I mean, this is the it's last It's not coming, last it's not coming movie. back. I know. It's, it's the, the, the battle, of, battle of Five Armies, Battle of the Zero Hobbit menus. <laughs> it's really upsetting that to me. That sucks. I know. That sucks. Dude. So if anyone listening to this podcast works for the Denny's Corporation, Understand that, yes, it does suck, Dick. Really and does. yes, please, please, some of us don't have a lot. Some of us really need to go to Denny's at 2 in the morning and eat Bilbo Baggins' breakfast <laughs> buffet. And we can't now. So please help us. Uh, I hope somebody from Denny's is listening. We want answers. We want answers, and we want progress. Amanda! Hobbitgate! Hashtag Hobbitgate. Hashtag Hobbitgate. Oh, golly. Uh, Amanda, we could talk about The Devastator if we wanted to. Your comedy publishing outfit that exclusively publishes comics and humor writing. But I also hear you're a huge wrestling fan, so let's talk WWE. Oh, my God. Yes. Who's your fave? Oh, God. Uh, So a lot of my favorites are no longer at WWE right now. Uh Like Daniel Bryan. Severe concussion issues. Correct. CM Punk quit. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Wade Barrett is also injured. Uh, the the dude with the Superman punch is also injured. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, thank you. Uh, so my favorite right now is this uh, character named Adam Rose. Now he is sort of a mix between like, he's like an Australian Austin Powers meets like Axl Rose meets uh, like uh, Russell Brand. Uh, and he has this caravan of people in crazy costumes. And their theme song is da 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 It's like a Budweiser commercial. And it's just every time he comes out, this whole group of people has to come out with him, and including this guy in a bunny suit who must be really uncomfortable. And he has to do it every time. What's this uh, person's name? Uh, Adam Rose. Adam Rose. Yeah, it's amazing. And he sounds ridiculous. But, you okay. do an impres- impression of oh, him. Oh, so he's like, hello, hello, hello. I'm Adam Rose. And oh, I'm here to party hearty, mateys. And, but so recently, though, Adam Rose was a good guy, okay? Yes. Because Adam Rose had a whole, like a, like a, he had a bunny, he had all these ravers. He had everything, but then recently he turned into a bad guy yes. no. when he punched his own bunny in the face. That's right. What? Yeah, he turned Hashtag his bunny gate. Yeah, exactly. He turned his back on the bunny and on America. He was his best guy. Yeah, he was his right hand man. He was his like trusted confidant, the bunny guy. Yeah, he uh, pulled a Fredo on the bunny. Pretty much terrible. Yeah. Oh, also his catchphrase is. Don't be a lemon, be, be a, a rosebud. That means nothing, no. but oh it's great. Hey, uh, UK, either of you guys have a spare bedroom? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move. I've had it. I've had it with the United States of America. The WWE is in London right now, so you can't escape. Nope. God damn it. All right. I'm going to Mars. Thanks for being here, guys. Uh, I will be right back with more and our final round after this. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. And I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. Every Tuesday, we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine, a show about all the dumb, weird, terrible ways that we've tried to fix each other over the years. You know, some light summer listening. Maybe you want to hear about yogurt enemas or why we tried to eat mummies for a while or why drinking cholera diarrhea sounded like a good idea. That and so much more is waiting for you every Tuesday right here on the Maximum Fun Network with Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Welcome back to International Waters, and so to our final round. Now, I know both teams have tried super hard, and I want you to know 
that your efforts are as meaningless <laughs> as an article by Piers Morgan about how the N-word is wrong. <laughs> Stay out of it, Piers. Stay out of it, Piers. Stay out of it. Because the winner of this round is decided by me, and it's worth one million points. What? So we could still win this. You could still win this. This just feel, might decide the game. It feels decisive to me. It feels decisive to me. This round, this round we'll is an old first. favorite called Slash Fic. It's an old favorite called Slash Fic. The most bizarre slash delightful of all internet-based genres is Slash Fic, which is fan-made fiction cramming two pop culture characters together who would not normally interact. It doesn't have to be sexual, but it is always sexual. Today... <laughs> Our panelists Correct. will tell a slash fic story featuring a sensual and consensual combination of British and American protagonists, which I will give you right now. My favorite story gets all of the points in the whole universe. U.S., you are behind. I'm going to have you go first. I'm putting two minutes on the clock. I want you to pitch a sensually erotic story about Doctor Who and Marty McFly from Back to the Future. Starting now. Marty flies at home. Mm -hmm. Okay. Suddenly, a huge blue box shows up in front of his bedroom window. And then, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Doctor Who's here. It's Peter Capaldi. Shows up. Okay. And, uh... And uh, I'm guessing he he uh, he needs Marty McFly's help. He's he's like he's like Marty. Uh, uh, we, there's not much time. Uh, please, uh, we need to head up to your bedroom quick. It's an absolute emergency. So they they go over to the bedroom, and and he and he's like, the Daleks are coming. Quick, get in the bed. And so they get in the bed, and he's like, quick, quick, let me undo those trousers, quick. Now Marty McFly is hurry this Doctor Who. Yeah, Marty it, is just stammering all the way. Yeah, he's like, oh oh jeez, oh no, oh no, not. Oh no, not the what are the names of robots? Oh god. Alright, so so Peter Capaldi grabs his uh sonic screwdriver and sets it to super vibrate. And then he uh he he, he starts circling Marty McFly's thighs with it. Sure, that's a good move. He doesn't normally have male companions, but this is an emergency. <laughs> he assures him. Uh so Marty asks, What's what's this for? And uh, Doctor Who says, uh, "There's no time to explain quick." <laughs> so, 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 so Doctor Doctor Who's like, like, oh no, they're, they're, we're running out of oxygen in the room. Quick, we need to make a, a, a airtight seal across our mouths. And so he, uh, so he kisses him sensually on the lips, and then gets a little deeper. Starts starts rolling his Time Lord tongue around Marty McFly's <laughs> Marty McFly's mouth. Yes, his pubescent uvula being dangled. <laughs> and then all around by his tongue. Then all of a sudden, Jennifer knocks on the door. She's like, Marty, we had a date. Oh, my God, what's going on here? But, but as you all know, the TARDIS is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. And for the night, so is this bed. Yes. Your time is up. They both came. The end. Yeah. Well, this will be up on Tumblr tomorrow. <laughs> so read it on Tumblr. I know I have a wedding to plan, but this is really important. All right, solid. Yep. That was disgusting. All right, Team UK. It really wasn't. It was actually sort of erotic. Team UK, it is your turn. Uh, okay. I would like you to pitch me super sensual erotic literature starring Bridget Jones and the cast of Transformers 4, Edge of Extinction. Or really any Transformer movie because I'm not going to know the difference. That's right. The quintessentially British singleton who loves white wine and Colin Firth and some giant metal robot things that change into other things. Okay, your time starts now. Okay, I'm super thrilled about this because I just saw the first Bridget Jones film for the first time and it was actually better than I thought it would be, although very dated. So, she's out and about and tell you something, she didn't know who to choose. Hugh Grant is there, Colin Firth is also there in the room, right? Right, so, it's a snooker club, isn't it? <laughs> snooker. She loves yeah. snooker. She's playing snooker. She's bending erotically. As well. She's bending erotically over the pool table and both Colin Firth and Hugh Grant are having a nice look, right? Oh, right. Then what happens? Not for the first time. <laughs> then what happens? The wall <laughs> of the snooker club crashes down. It's a bloody Transformer. That's right. All four of them, Raphael, Donatello, Hello, Michelangelo and, and Leonardo. And sex, that robot. and sex robot. Am I getting them mixed up? You might as well. <laughs> Fuck it. They've all gone in. Now. Who, who are they? Well, that's the Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles. Oh, no. no sorry. They're, 
The Transformers are named after the Dutch artists, weren't they? They were Rembrandt, <laughs> Bruegel, Howells and Bruegel Jr. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> so Bruegel, the biggest and sexiest of all the Transformers. Yeah, he's got a chainsaw for a wang, hasn't he? He's that one. <laughs> and Hugh Grant gives him a little kiss. <laughs> to start it off. Right, OK. Yeah. Then Bruegel turns around <laughs> and he just bloody goes for it. Yeah, with his rake, his rake testicles. <laughs> Garden rakes. <laughs> All made out of DIY goods, and these Colin Transformers. And yep. can no longer control himself well, anymore. <laughs> Who can blame the lad? <laughs> he He's jumped... flesh and blood, isn't he? Like yeah. all of us. <laughs> he jumps up on the pool table, yep. he rips his shirt off... Yep. And he's got another shirt on underneath. <laughs> Colin Two Shirts Firth, that's what they call him. As is the British way. Yep. British. And then underneath that, he's got a tattoo of a shirt. <laughs> the man is just obs- It's held his career back in many ways. I think it could have been Bond had he been able to get his. Get rid uh, of that his, tattoo. Ever since he did uh, that Jane Austen shit. We're going off topic. With- <laughs> Sorry. Bridget Jones gets on the table as well with him. Yep. She doesn't take her shirt off, she no. takes her bottoms off. Leaving her in the most off. least dignified state a human being can right. be in. What, Tops wearing... on, bottoms off. Yeah. Right. Then Megatron comes in. <laughs> yeah. He's dressed as a car. Right, of course he is. Yeah. He loves cars. <laughs> He's just been at a car-themed party as well, by coincidence. Yeah. They all get in the car. Bridget Jones has no... She has no private parts. <laughs> She's just moulded. She's based on, like, an action man... Lady, action, lady wo- action woman. Yeah. Like a Barbie. Bob, that's I believe that's the female equivalent, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, they yeah, yeah. Then so then all she needs to get uh, sexually satisfied is is a, s- a full eight ball clearance on a pool table, <laughs> which Hugh Grant does. Right? He always does. Yeah. Well, former world champion, of course, before <laughs> he went into acting. Nineteen eighty three, Embassy World Snooker Champion. Oh, Steve Davis, wasn't it? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're not finished. We're not finished. Your two minutes ended like 45 minutes ago, but I've just enjoyed listening to this so much. I'd like to point out that Megatron is not a car. He's a plane. Therefore, you should disqualify their entire story. Also, I like the idea of Megatron being dressed like a car. (laughs) Oh, well, that's different. He was wearing a Lightning McQueen Walmart costume. That's possible. I I think you'll find that I sorted that out by dressed like a car. There's no possible logical problems. Well, as they say, dressed like a car. Feel like a car. <laughs> Listen, uh, a vibrating screwdriver on a, on Sonic a teenage screwdriver. Sonic screwdriver. Michael yeah. J. Fox's inner thigh versus chainsaw for a wang. I've got a lot of thinking to do, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm doing Ooh. it quickly. UK, you are the winner. Visiting Asterios and soon to be wed, Amanda. Congratulations, UK. You are the greatest country in the whole wide world for the next couple of weeks. Maybe you can celebrate by I don't something about Benedict Cumberbatch's engagement. I don't know. Now, before we finish, do you guys have anything that you want to plug and to offset the ego karma, maybe something else that you didn't make that you're currently enjoying that you would like to recommend to our listeners, Josie Long? Um, What do I really enjoy at the moment? Well, the only culture that I'm really watching at the moment is a really terrible show called The Following about a serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) Bacon is in it. And it's so bad and I can't stop watching it. And that is not to insult any of the actors in it who do a fine job or the writers who have done a fine job. Or the producers who may employ you someday. Or the producers or the directors. In fact, it's a brilliant show, but it's terrible. (laughs) I can't stop watching it. It's incredible. Um, so I'd recommend that. Mm-hmm. Also, oh, um, there's an absolutely fantastic UK... Uh, there are two fantastic UK comic book artists, uh, one called Tom Humberston and one called Stephen Collins, and they've both got collections of their work out at the moment, and I would really recommend both of those uh, absolutely beautiful, uh, gorgeous visual artists, but also very funny and very pithy. Great. And what, what of your own would you like to plug? Well, we got um, ah, I've got nothing. All right. What's your Twitter? <laughs> I'm on tour next year, if All anyone right. would like to come well, to the UK. We can follow you on Twitter at? Oh, um, Josie Long. Josie Long. There it is. Andy Zaltzman. Hello. Uh, Hi. I would, uh, uh, well, the thing I've been uh, been watching a lot of recently is, uh, and I would particularly uh, advise this for your American listeners, is cricket, the great sport 
that you people in America had a chance to take and spurned it in favour of uh, running around and spitting on the ground or whatever baseball is these days. Mm. And uh, so I'd encourage you all to do that. In terms of my own personal output, um, I'm still doing the Bugle podcast with with Mr. John Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm also currently on tour doing uh, a show called Satirist for Hire, which I'm hoping to take around the universe over the next few years, including America at some point. Um, so check out the website, satiristforhire.com. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Hello Buglers. Hello Bugle. Thank you, Andy. Amanda. You're welcome. You're very welcome indeed. Sure. Amanda. Um, I uh, I guess for my plug, um, I'm the publisher and uh, one of the contributing writers to Devastator Press. Uh, it is our uh, comedy-only publishing company. We do a really awesome series of uh, humor books called The Devastator. It's a mix of comics and writing, all done by folks from The Daily Show, The Onion, Adult Swim, International Waters. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's really awesome. And our latest is called Otaku. It's all anime, manga, uh, Japanese pop culture, uh, spoofs and goofs. Uh-huh. And uh, we just also released our uh, parody of Goosebumps called Gross Lumps, Tales to Irritate Your Spook Glands, uh, for which I've written a story and Asterios has as well. It is hilarious. It was recently number one on Amazon, which we're excited about. Yeah, uh, and it's really good. Um, so also, um, I'd like to... I'd like to uh, give a, a extra boost to uh, this book I just started called Wolf in White Van by uh, John Darnielle of the Mountain Goats. I just started it. <gasps> wow. It is really good. Yeah. I really love it. Yeah. I've been putting it off. It's captivating. <laughs> Gotta do it. Asterios. Uh, I guess if I'm going to plug something uh, that I that I like that I haven't done, um, there's this really funny webcomic called Back. And it's by Casey Green, who does the webcomic Gun Show, and Anthony Clark, who does the webcomic Nedroid. And I think it's just like at backcomic.com or Google Backcomic. It's about like a little boy and a witch that have to stop the end of the world. It's like really funny and charming and well done. Um, And if I'm going to plug my own thing, uh, through the Devastator Press, I put out a comic called The Enemies of 20-something Mega Man where Mega Man fights all the villains you'd run into in your 20s, like uh, unsolicited diet advice man, nonchalant cocaine use man, really, really proud of his open marriage man. Just all the <laughs> He's jerks. favorite. Yeah, oh, God, I hate that guy. Just all the jerks you run into in your 20s, uh, Mega Man has to somehow beat. And you mean so, robots. Oh, but robots. <laughs> I mean robots. Definitely not people that you've met. Definitely not comedians I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm talking shit about. And uh, yeah, that, I, that's it for me. Great. Excellent. And you can follow, okay, your Twitter handles. Oh, you can yes. follow me at, at Asterios. And uh, at Get Devastated. My personal Twitter is at Amandonium, uh, spelled like an, ele- an element would be. And uh, our books can be found at devastatorpress.com. Great. Excellent. I would like to plug my own book that's coming out in May 2016. Yay! I can finally talk about it. It's been killing me for the last few weeks. Uh, I'm super excited. If anybody knows how to write a book, please get at me at, at Dave Holmes. Uh, uh, also, uh, uh, I would like to uh, recommend a band that I just met, actually. I just uh, was shooting a thing in Austin, and a guy came up, and we started talking, and he gave me a little free download a card for his album. Uh, the band is called Gentleman Rogues. Um, the single Mocking Love Out of Nothing at All is on iTunes and I really love it. It is right up my alley. And if you know my taste in music, which you probably do because I talk about it a lot, you uh, you know what to expect. All right. Okay. Asterios Kokonos, Amanda Meadows, Josie Long, Andy Zaltzman, thank you for playing International Waters. What a pleasure. And you there with the headphones or in your car, Max Fun <laughs> Listener at Malsbury. So we're reading those things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on International Waters. You've been oh. listening... Oh, you've been listening to International Waters with me, Dave Holmes, playing where Asterios Coconos, Amanda Meadows, Josie Long, and Andy Zaltzman. Our theme music is USA vs. White Noise by Lady Tron. Thanks to them for letting us use it. The show was recorded at Guilt Free Post in London by John Purcell Shackleton and at Max Fun HQ in Los Angeles, California by Jennifer Marmer. The script was written by Sarah Morgan, and our producer is Colin Anderson. We love you. Bye. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.